Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here we go, hour three on a great day for talk radio. Weather-wise, uh, no great heck. It's been dark and gloomy all day long. Supposed to break a little bit tomorrow and Sunday as well. And, of course, early Sunday morning, Saturday night, we do have the clocks going back. Daylight savings time. You know, some people are saying it's not necessary anymore. We don't live in these times where uh, it was shifted in order to steal that extra hour of daylight. You know, energy consumption uh, to deter that and a later time for harvesting and blah, blah, blah. So, well, uh, there are some pockets, you know, that don't actually adhere to this. You know, like in northern Ontario, northwestern Ontario, uh, they don't go along with it. They go on to Manitoba time. And some folks in Saskatchewan go on to Alberta time, mountain time, actually when they're right there in the central time zone. So it's a real patchwork quilt, if you will. And uh, there's a lack of uniformity. Of course, we see that across this country in a lot of ways with the uh, pot dispensaries and so on and so forth. Uh, We see in Ontario that we have a system that's uh, an online store, and we're slated to go to bricks and mortar on, uh, well, sometime early in April. But in the interim, we've got this website you go to, the online pot store, and uh, it seems it's meeting some kind of uh, problems because early on the ombudsman Paul Dubé is saying over a thousand complaints have been lodged with his office people can't get their weed in a timely fashion there are pricing concerns and so on and so forth let's find out uh, exactly what's going off the rails here the angriest pothead in Canada our buddy Russell Barth up in the nation's capital has joined the Oakley show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto hey Russ how you doing not too bad not too bad Better than a lot of my friends. I guess I'm not the angriest pothead in Canada anymore. There's thousands of angry potheads all across Ontario right now. No, but you're still one of a kind. Take my word for it. Uh, Don't believe it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it was a compliment. Uh, well, why are they angry, by the way? Well, you know, it's because the uh, the government pooped the bed on this rollout, and uh, it, it's not really surprising. They um, They made it a lot more complicated than it needed to be. And subsequently, it's falling apart. So I thought for sure that Shopify, who was handling all of the financial transactions, my wife thought for sure that Shopify would crash within a half an hour. As it turns out, the websites held up. Shopify did great. It's the administration of um, the, you know, of the cannabis out the door uh, that the government itself, the Ontario government, can't seem to manage. So, Well, all right. Were they ill-prepared, or what was the reason that they got caught short here? Oh, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, they, you know, there's overregulation. They didn't, they didn't um, let the dispensaries that existed, uh, you know, enter the fold easily. They're like, oh no, if you're doing, if you're dealing illegally now, then we don't even want to hear from you. It's like, okay, then we'll shut our doors and you can, you can pick up all the slack when, you know, when all these people come knocking at your website looking for pot. And, you know, would anybody else, would any other consumer group in Canada put up with this kind of stuff? I don't think so. No. You know, booze, if, if you were ordering stuff online, if you were ordering, like, a, say, a nice bottle of whiskey from, from a website in the States or something where they make whiskey down in Kentucky or whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll have a tea in four days, and then 11 weeks later it hasn't shown up yet, you're going to be mad. And with the government doing this, it just goes to show that they should have just let the private sector, the, the, you know, let, let the, um, the public just do it. 
and it would have worked out fine, or a lot better than this anyway. It should be noted that just about any dispensary in Canada, any one of these places that sell shatter online, because there's online dispensaries, there's brick-and-mortar dispensaries, any one of them across Canada can have your, your pot to your door within two days. All right. Uh, again, they're more efficient than the government operation. Oh, of course. So, well, and you're making the argument that all these dispensaries that had been uh, operating illicitly up until, you know, uh, well then the weed was legalized and they were supposed to shut down. They should have just been made street legal, you know, in one fell swoop and everything would have been better. Maybe not one fell swoop. There should have been some sort of regulation situation where, uh, you know, the owners of dispensaries could have shown up and said, look, here's what we do. Here's our books. Here's our, you know, how we get our supply. We, you know, show who they are. Because as soon as you do that and say, okay, well, the tent flaps are open. If you guys want to come in and get regulated, you're going to see a percentage of the dispensaries in town shut their doors and disappear. But a big percentage are going to say, oh, good, finally, and they're going to walk up and they're going to be ready to get regulated. That's what most of them were doing all the way along, was they were trying to get regulated. And, you know, the government's way where the government and the suppliers, the companies who are growing pot for the government, are way behind on supply. And, uh, you know, I saw an article where they're like, well, we didn't know that there was going to be such an incredibly huge demand. Yes, we did. Our side told you. All the dispensaries told you. There's testimony. It's all on record of the Senate committee. This is how much pot was going to be needed. And basically, we were ignored. Well, I guess a lot of people sort of figured that uh, this would just be a way of allowing the black market to come up above ground. And uh, since it would be almost like a don't ask, don't tell climate, uh, people would continue on with their own connections rather than going to the government store. Maybe the government has surprised themselves that there were so many people willing to go legit. I think the reason as many people bought pot as they did from the government website is because it was there. I mean, I have lots of friends who were just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I just bought a bunch of grams just to see what would happen. Like, I don't actually get, I'm not probably even going to smoke this crap, probably. I just want to, I just want to see. I'm just curious. Yeah. You know, so they, get, so they get this little plastic bottle that you might get 30 Advil tablets in normally, right? Mm-hmm. There's one gram in there, and that little plastic bottle sitting in, like, a, a cardboard box, which is in a great big envelope. So there's, like, you know, 77 grams of material that's being sent for one gram of pot. And then you see these live videos. They go live on Facebook. They dump the little bottle out onto a scale, and it's, like, 0. 0.75, 0. 0.9. It's not even a gram. <laughs> <laughs> which I understand. I put a joke on Facebook. I said, man, if the Ontario Cannabis Store was any other dealer in Ontario, he'd be lying face down in a river right now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of the prices? Are they competitive? No, they're not competitive. It's way too high. The weights are low. The stuff is coming out dry. And I saw a bunch of people saying, I smoked this stuff and my throat is killing me. I don't know what's in this. People, they get three puffs into a joint. They're like, it looks like it's made out of rubber now. They didn't flush this properly at all. And I'm just laughing my ass off because they're just, they they spent money. Most of my friends who bought stuff there, they knew it was going to be crap. They just wanted to see what was going to happen because, hey, hey, it's a big day. We can buy pot online. Mm. So well, the, but they all went back to their old. They all go back to their old suppliers anyway. You know. Mm. Well, I was going to say this doesn't uh, deter the black market at all from flourishing. Well, the problem is here in Ottawa, we had like twenty dispensaries, and now there's only two because they shut their doors because of this and that. But there's online dispensaries. There's all kinds of delivery and stuff. So you know, people have been getting their pot for a hundred years. They're going to continue to get their pot, whether the government. Can, you know, does it properly or not? But I can't think of any any other government rollout, any sort of government program or policy that's been rolled out that has been a a bigger bed pooping than this. This has been an absolutely embarrassing 
nonsense, and it didn't have to be this way. That's what's so so frustrating and embarrassing about it, is it didn't have to be this way. Everyone on our side, all the people who wanted to be legal, people running dispensaries, we weren't being coy about this. We were being entirely forthcoming, going, yo, government, this is what we need. This is what the public needs. This is what entrepreneurs need. This is what everybody needs. And they went, yeah, yeah, sure, we're not going to listen. We're going to do it this way. You know, it's interesting because uh, in the first couple, three weeks of this, uh, a lot of people initially were anticipating that there might be spikes in impairment, uh, these types of incidents. And so, and there have been stories of accidents with impairment, but they don't specify. Do you think it might do us a whole lot of good to understand if some of the impairment is by pot? Um, how do we define impairment, though? This is the thing. As I've said on the other shows, when it comes to alcohol, well, there's a lot of science where you can correlate the level of alcohol in your blood to actual reduction in motor skills and reaction time and this sort of thing. Whereas with cannabis, as I said, yeah, it can impair, especially if someone is a new user and they're like, oh, I'm going to try this gummy or whatever for the first time. That's not going to affect me very much, but it might knock you right on your butt. So this is the kind of stuff that we have to be a little bit careful for. However, I don't think we needed all of these new powers and machines and, and, you know, powers of intrusion and coercion that the police have been given under these new regulations. I think, and a lot of police officers and a lot of police departments even said, uh, we've been dealing with drugged up drivers for a decade or more now. We know what to do. We know how to figure it out. And we don't, you know, whatever. We're getting to it. <laughs> and um, also when it comes to statistics, the police are like, oh, well, you know, pot's been, uh, you know, pot's been shown in a lot of different accidents and the impairment and blah, blah, blah. They can say, yeah, pot was there, but they can't say that pot was the impairment factor. Right. That's the problem. And this is the thing that's going to be a big problem in court for a lot of people and, and for the government is, sure, yeah, I had pot in my system, and yeah, I was in an accident. Prove I was impaired by pot. Well, I understand. That's going that's to be... the hard part. The science isn't there to, to support that. Not, so, not right now. Who, a lot of people who weren't impaired are going to get convicted, and a lot of people who actually were impaired are going to be able to wiggle out of charges after killing somebody because they were able to lawyer up. It's going to be interesting that's to watch. A problem. Yeah, uh, we're going to wait to see uh, when those first uh, cases start coming before the courts, uh, and we'll watch with anticipation. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Russ, always appreciate it. The angriest pothead in Canada, up there in the nation's capital. Have a good weekend. I guess these are happy days indeed. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Okay, we'll let you run along. There he goes, Russell Barth. In a moment, uh, another thing that's happening up in Ottawa that's got a lot of people upset is this whole idea that the banks would be able to give your information over to Stats Canada. You wouldn't know about it and uh, how much this information might actually uh, betray your identity. Lisa Raitt's going to weigh in because the Conservatives have been making some political hay out of this up during question period. Justin Trudeau suggesting, well, it's their fault initially for killing the long-form census, so this is all the data that's necessary to mine to uh, shape policy and make for better programs. That's Justin Trudeau's response. We'll see what Lisa Raitt has to say on that matter in moments here on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.